0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Akuo Church, I am so excited to be with you here once again to continue in this series called Heaven and Holiness. This series has started to show us how we can distinguish the difference between what leads us to heaven and what leads us to living in holiness. Now, like we've been talking about this whole time, these two things might seem like they are very similar, but knowing the difference between the two could change your life. And today I want to talk about something that actually changed my life. As a lot of you might know about the the job I had before I got into ministry, I was a TV sportscaster here in town. And while working in TV could get pretty hectic and the hours I had to work were normally nights and weekends, which isn't great to begin with, and even less great when you're a newlywed. I never got to see Lauren, especially when things would get crazy. So I would always tell myself and then I'd tell Lauren, like, oh, if we can just get like through high school football season, then my schedule's gonna open up a little and we'll be able to do some more stuff. Or if we can just like get through spurs season, my schedule's gonna open up and it's just gonna be a little bit more normal. Or if we can just get through Cowboys training camp. Because remember they used to do training camp here in town. My schedule will open up just a little bit. We could do some more stuff together. I remember telling Lauren that. And one day she like looked at me like I was crazy. And she just said, there's always a new season coming up. There's always something right around the corner. You always have a new thing starting after this one is done. And what's funny is that I'd never thought of that. I just kept on living to get through the next thing. Just make it through this next season. Get through this next group of tasks or that next day. Because I knew when I could just get through this less than ideal thing, my life would be way better. Have you ever been in a cycle like this? Have you ever been doing your best to just get through this thing that is bringing you down so you can get to the next thing? For a lot of us, it it doesn't just apply to situations uh, in time that we're trying to pass. Sometimes it applies to us and how we are carrying ourselves in life. And sometimes it applies to us and how we deal with our stuff with God. And I think we all find ourselves in something similar with when it comes to sin. Remember, we defined what sin was early in the series. Sin is simply an action or actions that taken causes someone to miss the mark of the helpful targets and guidelines God has set up in this world. So I think we can find ourselves in this cycle with sin, where we do something that causes us to miss the mark or step outside of God's guidelines. Then we, we do this thing where we go through a process where we try and take the sin out of our lives. We do this stuff. We, we do all the things that our parents or pastors or priests told us uh, we need to do as we were growing up to get out of this sin. Because we know that we want to run far, far away from the sin. Because sin is the thing that we were always told to focus on. Get away from the sin. Stop sinning. Don't do that. Because following all the rules were what we were told to focus on. Because being good was the best thing we could do. But, after some time, we mess up again. We miss the mark or step outside the guidelines that God has set up for us. Then we find ourselves back in the cycle we find ourselves feeling guilty and full of shame because we serve this great and awesome God and we just, we fall so, so short of who he is because Jesus did so much to sacrifice for us and we're having a few too many glasses of wine over the weekend because we know that Jesus made an amazing sacrifice so we need to do our best to live up to it. Where does this process lead us? We'll right back into sin. Right back into the guilt and shame. Well, let me tell you something. When I found myself in that cycle, in TV of just trying to get past this thing, the way I got it to stop, I left TV. I left TV and I never looked back again. Now, I don't have to deal with that cycle of, if I can just get past this season, I'll be able to spend time with my family. The same thing can work for you, for us, and this sin to shame cycle. We can stop that cycle by getting out of it. And we can actually do that by doing two different things and it's going to be our our big idea for today. We can get out of this sin-shame cycle when we lay down our shame and stop accusing ourselves. So I want you to lay down your shame and stop accusing yourself. So I want to tackle what it looks like to lay down your shame. You see, God doesn't call us to feel guilty. God doesn't call us to feel shame about our sin. And if you do feel shame, you're not supposed to hold on to it, right? Just let it go. That's not how it's supposed to work at all. Jesus gave us something for us to deal with sin in our lives. And we can read exactly what he had to say about it. And I want to read from the firsthand account that Jesus' friend and disciple John had to write. You see, John was actually one of the disciples closest to Jesus. Some of Jesus' most amazing miracles happened with a very small audience. And when the crowds weren't there, John always seemed to be right in the thick of it with Jesus. So when we talk about guilt and shame, Jesus said something that was recorded by John. So let's take a look at the book of John in chapter 16. Jesus' words say, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. So right here, Jesus is talking about the advocate that he will leave behind once he is no longer physically on this earth. That advocate is the Holy Spirit. Now, when it comes to sin, the Holy Spirit will get involved. And Jesus says the Spirit will convict the world of its sin. Which, in our world, when we think of convict, we think of like a courtroom and somebody being convicted of a crime. But this is not what it means back then. So, this book was originally written in Greek. And when you look at the Greek, the word that is used here is elenko, right? Elenko. It means to bring to light, to expose fault. It shows something for what it really and truthfully is. Conviction comes to show you what is happening. There is no shame included in this. It's like this. How much shame do you feel for your room when you turn on the light? That's all this is. Illuminating a situation for us. Remember, when we've been learning about the fruit of the Spirit this year, there are a lot of things the Holy Spirit brings. This is what it says the Holy Spirit brings in a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the Galatian church. Paul writes, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if conviction brings shame and guilt, then I want you to know it isn't coming from the Spirit. It isn't coming from God. God doesn't make us feel guilty. He's convicting us of the sin we are committing in our lives. He's just showing us, What is happening? Conviction is going to fuel you to run towards Jesus better. Conviction should push you to have more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in your life. Guilt is going to slow you down. Guilt will steal the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Guilt will paralyze you. So you have to get off of that sin, shame, cycle, because that isn't real freedom. That isn't freedom at all. That's a false freedom, and I don't want you to live in a false freedom. Jesus didn't come for that at all. And this isn't the only place that we see this in the ancient writings of the early church either. In a letter written to the early church called Hebrews, we see something at work. You see, the author of this letter wanted to make sure To get this word out to the Christian church where they were mostly Jewish and being tempted to return to these old practices that their families and their grandparents and their great-grandparents had done forever. With all these temptations being around, the author wanted to make it clear to the audience of the believers that God had created a better way for them to do things. The author explains just how the Holy Spirit is at work with them and how much power their sin has in their lives ever since Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice for them. There it says, For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, This is the new covenant I will make with my people that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. So here the author is explaining what the Holy Spirit does for us. First, we're gonna have this law that was left for the Jewish people on our hearts and in our minds. So through conviction, the Spirit will reveal this stuff to us. We won't have to go run back to the stone tablets to get the info. It's going to live within us. Then the Holy Spirit is going to forget every single sin we have made the spirit won't remember any times we miss god's target for us or any time we stepped out of god's guidelines in this world the reason the spirit will forget these things is because we are forgiven we no longer need to make sacrifice after sacrifice to cleanse our sins like they had to before jesus became the ultimate sacrifice through jesus's sacrifice and our belief in him his sacrifice, and through his sacrifice, we can now approach the most holy place, which was the one place where people on earth could interact with God. Akuo, we can now interact with God whenever we want. Not only that, but that last line in the passage is what gets me. Our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with the with Christ's blood to make us clean. The author understood the guilt and shame that people would feel, and made it a point. To call that out there's no reason for you to hold on to this guilt after you sin God isn't holding on to it Jesus's blood was sprinkled on you to clean you from this guilt and shame so why are you holding on to them we have to let go of the guilt the guilt that Jesus died to release us from when we hold on to that guilt in a way we are saying we know better than God When we hold on to that guilt, in a way, we're saying that Jesus died for all those other people's sins, but not mine. I know better. We feel like we don't deserve this kind of forgiveness, so we hold on to that guilt and shame. Let go of it. Hand it over to Jesus. We see it time and again. Jesus wasn't afraid to deal with people in the middle of their sin. Not only that, not only did he deal with those people, but he actually sought them out. Jesus explains that he didn't come here to accuse anyone of sin. Rather, he came for something so much more. In the first-hand account of Jesus' life, the apostle Matthew wrote this about a time that people were giving Jesus a hard time for spending uh, a, a time with people that were notorious sinners in their community. So let's take a look at it. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call, not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Jesus showed up to hang out with sinners. Jesus showed up to spend time with the people that would be accused of sin by the holy people. Jesus showed up to nurse them to health like a doctor. Jesus showed up to help them become healthy and then protect them from the disease of sin. When we deal with this sin on our own, when we try to self-diagnose and then prescribe what we need, then we don't allow Jesus to be the good doctor that he came here to be for us. In addition to laying down our own guilt, we also have to stop accusing ourselves. In John's account of Jesus' life, he recorded this exchange between a Jewish leader and Jesus. In this exchange, Jesus is laying out what God's purpose was for him on this earth. There it says, For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world, that he might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him, So God sent Jesus into the world to save it, not condemn it. God sent Jesus in the world to give him real freedom and not false freedom. And do you know who's a part of this world? You! Jesus didn't come to condemn you of the ways that you have missed the mark or the ways that you have stepped out of his guidelines. So if Jesus doesn't condemn you, Why do you condemn yourself? When we start accusing ourselves and condemning ourselves in sin, when we start tearing ourselves down to start feeling guilt and shame about this stuff, it goes completely against what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our lives. And some of you might be like, well, I I get what you're saying, but this just gives everyone a license to go and sin more and more. We need these rules and regulations to keep things in order. Uh, Which makes sense. But God also didn't send Jesus to make sure Christians were the worst. He just doesn't use anger and shame to make us act right. In the account put together by the historian Luke, he explains a story of Jesus in the middle of a very fancy party. You see, a Jewish holy man named Simon invited Jesus and his disciples to join him for dinner. Some theologians think it might have been to trap Jesus in some sort of sin so they could, like, jail Jesus or, or do something to get him out of the way. Now, while here at this dinner, the host doesn't provide very basic levels of respect for Jesus. There's no water at the door for him to clean his feet off. He doesn't have the, the basic level of tools necessary to make himself right to eat. So Jesus goes to sit down and in comes a woman that is carrying a large jar of perfume. This woman is also called immoral and the chances are that she's probably a prostitute. Now, when this woman sees Jesus, she goes straight to him. She sits at his feet and weeps. Then she wipes up the tears with her hair. And then she kisses Jesus' feet and begins to anoint him with her perfume. As the Jewish holy man Simon is watching this unfold, he says to himself, if Jesus was really a prophet, he would know that this woman was, that was touching him is a sinner. Because back then, the Jewish, Jewish holy people didn't want to come in contact with someone that was a sinner, that, there, that was unclean. They didn't want to want the impurities of that sinner to rub off on them. They didn't want to become unclean because they were worried that would separate them from God. And Jesus can hear what Simon the holy man said, and so Jesus calls him out. Then Jesus tells this story to everyone there. Here's what he said. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them, Canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from from my feet, but she washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who has forgiven little shows only little love. This is it. This is what I'm talking about right here. This woman committed all kinds of sins, so many that her entire community knew her as the immoral woman. But she was a believer in who Jesus is. In these times, the act of being down on her knees and kissing Jesus' feet were a sign of the utmost respect, submission, and affection for someone. Now, the tears aren't fully explained, but I would imagine that they were tears of joy, tears of thankfulness, tears of transformation. We see here with this woman, and in the story Jesus tells, that the ones that are forgiven of many sins love way more than someone that thinks they don't sin. This is what Jesus is explaining. We shouldn't be called to follow Jesus and live a better life of holiness because we feel guilty. We shouldn't be called to follow Jesus and live a better life of holiness because we are afraid of what might happen if we don't. Jesus is explaining that we need to be convicted of our sin. We need to see all the ways we have fallen short. Then we need to accept his forgiveness, Then we have to lay down the shame and guilt we feel. And we need to stop accusing ourselves of future sin. Then we need to run to Jesus as best we can because he loved us so much that he laid his life down for us. And we need to run after Jesus because we love him. Love is what needs to be motivating us. It can't be shame. It can't be guilt. And it can't be fear or rules and regulations. Love is what needs to motivate us. And this is so incredibly important for us to understand because I don't want you to live your life with this extra weight that you are throwing around or that you are trying to live with around your neck. I actually recently went to lunch with some folks that I know and they invited a man that I never met before. We ate uh, some good food and had great conversation. And during this meal, this, this new guy at the table leaned over to me and kind of under his breath goes, uh, Pastor, would, would you pray with me after lunch? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, man, of course. And and afterwards, he he came and he told me what was going on. This man had been missing the mark and stepping outside of some of the guidelines that God had set up for him. He was completely broken up and destroyed by the guilt and shame weeping in front of me. And as I started to talk to him, I felt like God was just kind of nudging me. Very quickly, quietly, God reminded me about what we've been studying through for the last few weeks in this Heaven and Holiness series. So I looked at the man I told him, I go, you know that even though you messed up, God still loves you, right? And he looked at me and he's like, what are you talking about? And so I said, well, Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for your sins. And he's like, wait, wait, what what does that even mean? And so I proceeded to explain how God had set up this sacrificial system in the Old Testament time, and then eventually Jesus came and became the ultimate sacrifice for all the sins we had committed in our lives. I explained that once we believe, we can't out the grace given to us through Jesus' death and resurrection. I explained that when God looks at us, once we start to believe in Jesus, he only sees the sacrifice of Jesus and not our sins. And when I told them that, it looked like a literal weight had come off of him. And he just like put his head down and... Then eventually looked up at me with tears in his eyes and said, This is amazing. I always care so much about my salvation. I never knew that God looked at me like this. Thank you so much for sharing this with me. Akua, this is a man that spends all kinds of time in church. He's a well-versed man in the Bible and understands the guidelines that God has given him. But he was so focused on avoiding sin that he didn't look at what Jesus had done for him. I want more for all of you. I want you to stop accusing yourself because Jesus isn't accusing you. I want you to let go of your sin. Hold on to forgiveness because God has forgiven you. I want you to lay down your burden because Jesus gave you a burden that is light. I want you to run towards Jesus because that's going to change your life. Not running away from rules. Not running away from guilt and shame and sin. And Jesus spoke on this exact idea and this is how Matthew recorded it. Then Jesus said, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus wants wants us to love him and follow him out of gratitude. Our burden is so much more than that. And I want you to lay that down today. I want you to lay your burden down. Some of you might be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Or maybe you you don't have that love for Jesus because you haven't started to believe in who he was and what he did here on this earth. Now, if that's you, and you wanna start that relationship with him, I wanna give you a chance to do that right now. To do that, all you have to do is have a simple conversation with him. We would call that a prayer. So in that prayer, all you have to do is tell him that you believe in him and what he did. That's it. Now to help you out, I'm going to ask all of our Akuo community to pray along with you because here at Akuo, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community here with you. So let's all bow our heads and pray something like this today. Jesus, I just want to say that I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. I accept everything that comes along with it. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Let's keep our heads bowed. And whether you've been a believer in Jesus for the last five seconds or the last five decades, and you want to unyoke yourself from the burden that you were carrying, go ahead and pray something like this with me. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice for me. Thank you for everything that you did. Thank you for your unending grace and forgiveness. Jesus, help me remember that I didn't do anything to receive that, and I can't do anything to push it away once I get it. Jesus, take my burden, take away my yoke take away the shame and condemnation I have for myself. Jesus, give me your burden. Give me your yoke. Call me to love you with so much joy that people can see you in everything I do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. And we pray all of these things in your mighty, awesome, and loving name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Now, before I go, I just want to make sure that we all know what's going on here at Akuo because I don't want you to miss out on anything that is happening here on our campus. And we want to make sure you have every single opportunity to see God working in your life and for you to work and show God in other people's lives. Now, first off, we have a a bunch of community groups that launched a few weeks ago, and I want to make sure that everyone knows that we want you to be a part of one. So if you are interested in being a part of one of these groups, you can go to our website or check out our social media and click on the community groups link to see everything we have going on right now and to get signed up for one. Now this week, I want to highlight a group that just kicked off just recently. It's called the Ladies Book Club. If you're looking for fellowship, good books, and honest conversation, then this is the place for you. This group meets every Tuesday night at 7.45 p.m. Now, this might not be the right group for you, but we have seven other groups that you can be a part of. Joining one of these groups might just be the best thing that you have ever done while you are here at Akuo. Now, one of the best things that Akuo has ever done as a church is start doing a trunk or treat, and guys, it's happening next week. So for the second year in a row, we will be hosting a trunk or treat here at Akuo Church this Saturday, October the 30th, from 3 to 6 p.m. It was such a fun event for families and their kids and last year and this year promises to be even better. We're gonna have more candy, more costumes, more community and absolutely more fun. So if you're interested in being a part of this, we would love to have you serve in one of the many roles we'll have going on that day. You could help us by directing traffic or you could decorate your car and hand out candy. You could help us set things up and then tear things down Uh, You could donate some treats or, you know, even through your giving, you can actually give something to help us buy stuff for this event. So be sure and visit our website or you can go to our social media pages to get signed up. Now, even more exciting than Trunk or Treat is what's happening the next day on October the 31st. We are planning our first ever baptisms here at Akuo. And we want to invite you to get baptized here with us so that we can celebrate with you about the decision that you have made to follow Jesus. Now, I, I get it. Some of you might be like, well, I was baptized as a baby, so I'm totally okay. I don't even necessarily need to go and be baptized there at Akuo, but here's the deal. Here at Akuo, we do what's called believers' baptisms, because we want to encourage people to get baptized once they understand and believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And that by jumping in the water, you're just outwardly expressing that inner belief that you made. And, and normally, babies can't really make that decision on their own. but If you are someone who just decided to believe recently, this would be an amazing opportunity for you to participate in. Or if you were baptized as a baby, but you want to stand up and on your own proclaim that you believe in Jesus on your own decision, then you should get baptized too so that your church community can celebrate along with you. Like I said, this will be happening on October the 31st. And as Abel said last week, Halloween is now hallelujah-ween here for Akuo Church. It's so cheesy and Terrible, I love it. Uh, So if you're interested in this, you can go to our website and click on the sign up link. Or you can go onto our social media or you can come and and talk to me or, or Abel and we will totally get you signed up. Now the only reason we are able to do these things is because of you and your generosity. The reason we're able to empower leaders and link to our community is because you give to all of God's kingdom movements and trust that God wants to work through you here at Akuo. So, I just want to thank you so much for your generosity. Now, here at Akua, what we do is practice the biblical method of generosity called tithing. Now, that just means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. We know that when you trust God with what you have, there is great blessing. And with that, we also understand that there might not be a possibility for you to give right now. Things might be really tough for you and for your family. And if things are tough for you right now, we we want to do the opposite. We want to be linked to you. We want to be giving to you during this tough time. So if you are someone who's having a tough time and and need some help with whatever it might be, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone who needs help, please let us know. To do that, all you have to do is visit our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send me an email directly at humby.sadvera.akuwa.church, or you can text or call the church directly at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to tithe here at Akuo, the best way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text a tithe option where all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. If you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send us your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to Akuo at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, it's all that I have for you today. I just want to let you know that I love you all so much and I'm praying for you all week long. So before we go, just let me pray over you one last time. So, Jesus, just as, as we leave here and as we turn off our, our TVs and close our computers and put away our phones. I pray that you would continue to speak to us. I pray that you would continue to show us the right way that you want us to follow you. Jesus, I ask that you would help us get rid of the guilt and the shame in our lives and, and just hold on to the love and the forgiveness that you have given us and that you continue to give us. Thank you for everything that you do for us, Jesus. We love you. And we pray all of these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you this week. I will see you at one of our many community groups going on this week. See ya. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, that's akouo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O o.church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.